What'd you say? New Greenwich. That's what it's called. Greenwich? This is Maui Wowie. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> my favorite movie is that I can't decide on a favorite movie. Press next podcast. Heyo, I'm Katie, and it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next podcast, y'all. Welcome back. Welcome back to another week. Oh yeah, another week, a brand new week. Glad we still living, and glad you still living too, so you can listen to your boy and your girl. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, man, we are a podcast about movies, TV shows, and documentaries. Uh, if you are new here. And yeah, if you feel like you just like watching stuff and then like talking about it, you know, you go to work and like, oh, oh my God, have you seen this? I got to tell you about this movie. I got to tell you about the show. This is where you come. Mm -hmm. This is where you come because we talk about all of that stuff in a way that I guess you can watch the movie if you want to, but maybe not. And you don't want to. So yeah. And if you don't want to, you can still listen to it. Exactly. Because <laughs> you can get a little review and then you can decide, hey, eh, maybe this ain't for me. You That's know, this true. Ain't, this ain't really my style, but at least I got some commentary on it. You know what I mean? True. Um. But yeah, and for everybody else who's already been here, members of the fourth wall, we love y'all. We see y'all. What up, though? What up? I'm gonna. I gotta do some more outreach to y'all, man. I gotta. I gotta connect with y'all more. I feel like I've been. I got a lot of like side projects, mm -hmm. and so you I'm do. sorry if I've neglected y'all fourth wall. I feel terrible about it. You do have a lot of projects. I do. I gotta get more organized with them. Um, what have you been watching this week? Me. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been watching a lot of psych. Sean, <laughs> you must be out of your damn mind. Uh, what other phrase? I've heard it both ways. Um, I know that's right. <laughs> damn girl. Damn girl. Yeah. So if you have not watched psych, it's and I will say one. this every single episode, if you haven't watched psych, stop playing, get on Peacock and watch psych because it's a classic and it you is. will laugh over and over and over again. Let me pull up my Google um, sheet because, you know, I'll be like. Um, and Psych is one of those shows where you don't necessarily have to be paying attention. No. Like, I mean, if you really want to get the solving the crime portion. Yeah. So basically, here's the show. I don't know if we've ever talked about like what the show is. Have we? Mm, I think. but M Maybe. Right. Okay. Recap. Sean Spencer, his dad, Sean Spencer's dad was a cop. Mm -hmm. And so he taught his son, Sean, pretty much what to be looking for in every single situation. Anytime he walks into a room. He taught him how to be very hyper vigilant about his space and observant and observant, right? And so what Sean does is he starts a psychic detective uh, agency where he's not a psychic, but he's so good at seeing what other people miss mm -hmm. that he can piece the, the 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 puzzle together, but in a, like his own quirky way. Yeah, you know. So he is uh, moonlighting as a psychic, even though he is not a psychic, uh, and that's the premise of the show. It's a crime show, so every show there's a new like crime to be you know, busted. Um, so every new, every episode is like a new thing. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also a buddy story between Sean and his best friend, Burton Guster, who is the complete opposite of Sean. He's very like tidy. He's a black guy. Um, he is a pharmaceutical rep. You know what I'm saying? He very much so has his life together and Sean yeah, does not. like very straight-laced. Yes. And but somehow, they're childhood best friends. Yeah, they're childhood best friends and they grew up together and they're still best friends. Somehow they work literally perfect mm -hmm. uh but the show itself is just it's an incredible show all the other supporting cast too is great shout out to maggie lawson i just figured this one out and i don't know why i forgot this I didn't figure it out but i just remember so maggie lawson in the show and sean uh sean um james Rode are love interests mm -hmm. you know they for seasons they kind of have you can feel the tension between them like they need to be together and then at some point they do get together mm -hmm. um 
I forgot that during the show, they were actually dating in real life. Oh, really? Yes. I didn't know that. For the entirety of the entire show. Which is also why I feel like the magic that happened on the screen, Mm -hmm. the reason why we feel it so much and we really want them to be together is because they actually were a couple. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. So shout out to them. And then it didn't work out, I guess, afterwards. (laughs) Sad. But, you know. As it it does. It is what it is. Okay. So I watched The Invitation. Oh, you did? Uh, Yeah. I watched The Invitation. That's on Netflix. That's about, you know, the girl goes to the little dinner and apparently they're vampires and shit. You just watched it without me? I did because let's be let's keep it a buck. We weren't gonna watch it together. So I want to. <laughs> I know I wanted to too, but that's why I made the executive decision. Like I looked at our week mm-hmm. and I was like, there's not gonna be time where we're gonna be like, let's watch it together with yeah. you wanting to read and me having a bunch of a thousand other things to do. So that movie, when I was thinking about what movies are we going to watch together, the menu is the one that I thought mm-hmm. we're gonna watch together, which is what we'll talk about today. So mm-hmm. I watched the invitation. Um I also watched Violent Night. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course I watched uh, Sweeney Todd, the greatest musical of all time. Mm-hmm. I've been singing it all week. Give so. us a, give us a bar. Oh, I can't, I can't, you know what I'm saying? I gotta, my vocals ain't on right now. Twas warmed them up. Pirelli's Miracle Elixir. That's what did the trick, sir. True, sir, true. Was it quick, sir? Did it in a tick, sir? Just like any elixir. All to do. Hey, how about a bar on mister? Only cost a penny guarantee. Anyway, I'm not going, I can go, I could do that. Smells like piss. By my- <laughs> piss and ink. Piss and ink. Um, Johnny Depp. Yeah, shout out to Johnny Depp. The cool thing about Sweeney Todd is that, and obviously this is a stage play, so the uh, Tim Burton movie, because there's also different variations of it, the Tim Burton movie, movie is my favorite adaptation of it. Yeah. Because it's very close to what the stage play is. And the cool thing is every character in the Tim Burton uh, film is also singing their parts. So there's not any... Somebody sung their parts and they just acted it. No, it's like them. They're like all theatrical trained. Uh, they all sing their own parts. So yeah, and of has, course you love Helena Bottom uh, Bottom Carter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's my girl. Yeah, I, I think like, she was pregnant during that time too. Really interesting fact. Um, also, fun fact: Jamie Campbell Bower, yes, or Bower Bower, um, is who plays in Twilight. No. Yeah. Oh. He's definitely in Twilight. He's on like the like the what's the what's the like the league uh, or leader board? Oh, the Volteri or whatever. Yeah, he's definitely on that. Okay, board. I didn't realize that, but I was going to say he is. What's his name from Stranger Things? Yes, yes, he's also in Stranger Things. Yeah. Um. Um. Shot R.I.P. The Judge, Judge Turpin. Oh yes. Yeah. He. Who? What's his name? Professor he, Snape. <laughs> Richard, Richard, uh, and I say R.I.P. But I, I'm pretty sure he passed. Did he not? No, he did. Richard, gosh, oh, Alan Rickman. Yeah, Alan Rickman. You talking about <laughs> Richard, Richard, Richard? Oh my gosh! Don't yeah. cook Alan, me for that. Alan Rickman. Um, Rickman, Richard. Yeah. I was, I was, I was it's, there it's with the right. Rick. R.I.P. to uh, Alan Rickman, man, because what a what a talent! I, I just love that movie. That music—it's my favorite musical because yeah. If they ever do Broadway, like in Dallas or something, I'm going. Going. I'm going. The thing is, maybe I shouldn't go though because I want to ruin it for everybody else. There's, I cannot not sing. Yeah. And you should not do that at a Broadway show. You just shut up, okay? That's, yeah. If you've never been to a play before, I'm just going to let you know right here. Put your phone away and shut the hell up. <laughs> 
Okay. Shut the hell up. Exactly. Don't. This is a live thing. This is an experience that we're all experiencing. Shut up. Yeah. Um, I would like to see that though. Right. So it'd be really tough, but go ahead. Speaking of 2024 Dallas Broadway. Going crazy. Crazy. Yeah, going crazy. Hairspray. Yep. Hamilton. Yep. Um, Which that's too enough. I think they need to do some more like black ones though. I feel like they need to do like some deep cuts. Uh, Funny Girl. Throw in Sweeney Todd, stop playing. I know. Let me see. Let me see. Hold on, hold on. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. It's just the music is so fire. The composition is so fire. The lyrics are amazing. Oh, yeah. The amount of swing that every song has is incredible. You said they need to throw something black in here. Tina, the Tina Turner musical. Oh, okay. Okay. I was thinking like, you know. Beetlejuice. If Hamilton, Hairspray, Funny Girl. They're doing Beetlejuice? Les Mis. Mm-hmm. Beetlejuice might be up there, too. Yeah. But Sweeney Todd is definitely, hands down, my favorite musical. I don't care what nobody Anyways, says. catch me at Dallas Broadway in 2024. <laughs> I also feel like I've watched other things, but I forgot to write them down. I just started Chernobyl. Obviously, we're watching The Last the of Us. The show? Yeah, the show Chernobyl. Okay. Um, it was a miniseries, HBO miniseries. So it's only five episodes. Mm-hmm. Each episode, though, is like a little bit over an hour. Mm. Um, so I have a question for you. What's up? So it's currently Sunday. Um, the Cowboys play tonight. That's a pretty big game. And Last of Us is on. And Last of Us is on. Well, the greatest thing about The Last of Us and it being on HBO Max is that I don't have to watch it immediately. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That's the... But it's you. I know. I know. <laughs> You're going to so. want to watch it immediately. I am going to watch it. want to watch it immediately. So I haven't... I've been thinking about that all day. Thank you for increasing my anxiety. Um... <laughs> I'll make a decision when it gets there. It'll, it'll be a game time decision. Okay, okay. Good, good call. It'll be a game time decision. Um, we'll see. If but not, since it is Sunday and the Cowboys play today, I just want to say go birds. Go motherfucking birds. Okay, sorry. We're going off track from uh, films and movies and documentaries. We had a hell of a game last but, night. Oh my gosh. That's what I'm talking about. That is 11 on 11, our 11 starters versus your 11 starters. You can't beat us because we're the better team. 38 to 7. 38 to 7. And everybody was talking about them. John, the night before, I got to tell y'all, sorry, uh, I'm name dropping. Kobe, <laughs> I was on I was on a grand, uh, game with my boys, Devontae and everybody else. Kobe was on there too. Me and Kobe was going at it for like 30 minutes about the Cowboys and the Eagles. And Kobe was talking all this stuff about how we're going to get thrashed by the Giants. And look at us now. Look at us now. Now, granted, I can't say nothing about the Cowboys right now at this very moment. Is it possible that I can run an update to this episode if they lose tonight? I'm sure. I might insert right here some trash talk. <laughs> no, we ain't going to trash talk. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But shout out to them birds, man. That just, mm, it was, I guess it was cinematic. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it po- looked very. It was poetic. As uh, Shannon Sharp would say, uh, Jalen Hurts put on a, a virtuoso, you know. But but tell them the, the poetic part of it because 2017, the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. We won our first game. After the bye against Minnesota, we thrashed them yeah. 38 to 7. 38 to 7 on January 1st. Yeah. Or 21st. 21st. Sorry. So it was just a really weird. And then yesterday, the January f- 21st. The football script and the football guys kind of aligned some things. So I don't I don't know if things ever get that superstitious. Yeah, that was kind of crazy though. It is crazy. But I've seen stuff like that happen, right? Like the DeMar Hamlin thing, you know what I'm saying, with the the time on the game clock and uh, oh, yeah, 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 stuff yeah. like that, the kick return. It's like, just cool. It is very cool, but I'm not going to look too much into that because not I don't want to have either. too much hope. But it is yeah. very cool to be like, yo, same score, mm-hmm. same day. Oh, look what could happen. Right. Uh, but then you give all the um, 
you give all of the, you know, the nerds who are, I'm sorry, I'm not, you're not a nerd, I'm a nerd. All of the, the conspiracy theorists who are like, NFL scripted, you give all them ammo, right? Right, of If course. we do go, it's like, oh, look at this. They couldn't even change the script, 38-7. Yeah. yeah, anyways. Anywho, so I started no watching words. Chernobyl, <laughs> and, and the producers of Chernobyl are actually the ones who are producing The Last of Us 2. Oh. Yeah, nice. so that's kind of why I wanted to watch Chernobyl in the first, like, seven minutes, because I just stopped it. Fire. As a matter of fact, I've never watched the show before. And I've actually written a similar open, opening to another, like like a short film of mine. Really? Yes. So I'm kind of feeling like, mm, is it too cliche now? Do I need to change it up? Mm, yeah. But it was fire. Like, I'm going to, I'm just going to put it out there right now. When I do this short film, I'm going shot for shot with some of this stuff. Yeah. Like, they did exactly what I want to do, so I might as well do it myself too. Mm-hmm. Get a little practice in or something like that. So shout out to Chernobyl. I'll pay homage to that because, man, I was looking at it like, mm. I feel like they just went in my computer, read off my script. But obviously they didn't because this is old. And I started writing that maybe a year ago. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then we watched The Menu. Yeah. And me, I watched the first season of Jenny, Jenny and Georgia. Jenny and Georgia. I've seen you watch that. Yeah. I think it's pretty good. I'm going to start the second season probably today um, and catch up because I think, yeah, there's only two seasons out right now. The second season just came out. So catch up and see what everyone's talking about. Mm. Is that it? That's all you've been watching? Mm-hmm. You've been watching Friends at night before go to sleep, I guess. Yeah. Put the Friends back in rotation. I only did that once. Yeah, I've just been reading a lot. Here's my problem. I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I have this problem where I want to watch TV and catch up on shows that I've been meaning to watch. But then you want to read. But I also have like a ton of books that I want to read. So where's the time? You got to make it sometime. Where's the time? Like me, I'll be like, ever since I got my PlayStation 5, like, I just want to play video games. I know. But I do be wanting to watch stuff too. So I just be, I, sometimes I'm like, hey, tonight I'm not playing video games. I'm watching this stuff. Watching the show. It's hard. It is hard. It's hard making a decision of how you want to spend your time. Also, um, but luckily some stuff. we get the ability to make that choice. Of right, right. A hundred percent. And also there's, there's lulls at work sometimes when I'm like, I can watch... Like a like psych. I don't have to. I've seen psych so many times. I'm not watching it. It's more like background music. Yeah. If you walk into somebody's office and you hear like Zen music on, you walk into my office, you might hear psych. And I'm not really actually watching it. Like I know what's going on. I'm not really actually watching it. Yeah. And then like over a lunch or something, I might watch a movie. Um. But so I'll get it in. I'll find times. Wake up early if I need to. Whatever. If I really want to watch it, like The Last of Us. If I didn't watch it tonight, I'd probably wake up early tomorrow. Sit my little booty on his couch and watch the last of us, <laughs> or wait till tomorrow night and we do that, or whatever. But yeah, um, we'll see when it comes to that. Anywho, you want to talk about the menu? Yeah, let's talk. Are about you it. hungry? I'm actually satiated right now. Are you? I am. Cause you just ate. Just ate. Mm. <laughs> um, well, you. I'm on the menu. If you thank you order to me. the cook, uh, the chef. Yeah. Don't clap. <laughs> Compliments to the chef. Thank you, chef. Um, if you have not seen the menu. Which is on HBO Max? Mm-hmm. On HBO? Yes. If you haven't seen the menu, uh, we are about to throw in some spoilers now. But here's what I'm going to start doing. So if you follow us on Twitter, um, I post a review after everything that we watch. And here's my review of the menu. You know, first off, let me read off like the budget and everything else like we normally do. Um, so it was made or came out in 2022. What was the budget? What do you think the budget was for the film? Mm, 
20 million? Uh, a little bit higher. 40 million. 35. Okay. Which is okay. It's probably that's probably like a standard movie. Yeah. 35 million dollars, right? Uh, even so much on the lower side of a film. So you can already know what we're about to run into. Not a lot of locations, right? Mm-hmm. They probably spent a lot of money on the the ensemble cast. Yeah, I was about to say they had Anya Joy Taylor. Yeah. Anya Taylor Joy. They Joy Taylor. the cast was the cast was great. They had some other people who were I wouldn't say they're top tier A listers, but they're A listers. Anya Taylor Joy. Um. So I'm sure a lot of that money went to the uh, cast and not necessarily to the production and locations and stuff like that. Um. Now. Let me just read off the the IMDb thing for you. What does it say on IMDb? It says, it's rated R, by the way. It's an hour and 47 minutes. A young couple travels to a remote island to eat at an exclusive restaurant where the chef has prepared a lavish menu with some shocking surprises. Now, granted, that doesn't really sound like it would be like a good movie. Because like, what are you just watching? Like somebody just making a dish. Yeah. But the reason why we wanted to watch this is because of we love movies. And also we have a very similar experience that we're actually going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, and we saw the preview for this right. when we were watching another movie. So we knew that it was going to be kind of a thriller. Right. A little horror or something. Yeah. You know? Like there was something else behind it. But I will say, I don't think the trailers gave away a lot of what the movie was about. Right. But I think that they almost could not do that because if they put anything in the trailer, it would have given Ruined totally it. given yeah. it away. Um, so they had a budget of $30 million. Opening weekend, they only made nine. So mm. by movie standards, complete flop. Yeah. Currently in United States, it uh, in Canada, it's only grossed about thirty nine. Mm. So they're only over, like four million over, which is not good. Not good. And then gross worldwide, they've made about eighty million. Okay. So worldwide, that's pretty good. Worldwide is you know so you're almost double. You're almost fifty. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you're almost up. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So. You getting there. It's not bad. You made your money back worldwide, but at the same token, you want, like, if you're talking about knocking out the home run, especially opening weekend, that's where they really go off their budgets and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Nine million is not good. Nobody wants right. to go see this film in the opening weekend. Um, and basically, here's my general review. So sorry if this kind of gives it away, but I'll let you kind of give your thing. I said, Rotten Tomato gave it an 88. Mm. yeah okay uh, interesting i gave it a 77 and i said while i'll probably never watch again i can say that i couldn't stop watching i wanted to see what uh was to come for a movie about eating the ending left much to be desired it didn't fill me up <laughs> but i'm thank you now 77 is my score what's your score i think i'd give it like a hmm like a 68 okay we're averaging around 70 73 yeah 73 is probably around also where the audience score gave it on i didn't hate it but i felt like they could have done more it was very strange now granted the reason why i gave it a 77 was purely on the fact that like I did want to keep saying like, oh, let me just wait to the next scene. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me just. I, and some... I do like the message that they were portraying. What was it? Please, let's let's get into that. What was the message? What did you draw from this? Eat the rich. Was it eat the rich? 
Is that how you feel? Yeah. Man. And I I pull something different from that too, but go ahead. Keep going. So for me personally, I pull I, the message I took away from it was eat the rich and how people in the service industry are looked down upon even if they are a specialty in their craft. Like even if you mm. are a top chef, people still will look down on you because you are in the service industry. And people that it's like the the servants and those that are being served and the power dynamic between, between the, two the two of them. Okay, I can see that. I can see that. I don't know if I would, I would boil it into just eat the rich because um I don't know. I feel like I recently had a conversation about that phrase in general. It's a wild phrase, but I feel, I see where you're going now. But also the reason I took that away from that is because I saw the, it's kind of the juxtaposition between the rich and then the, the haves and the have nots, those that are being served, those that are serving. And it's a movie about eating. Right, right. You know? Right. So it was almost too cliche. So that's why I was like, oh, eat the rich. Right. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I think that I see that now. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, that's probably the overarching thing was like, yeah. let's movie, make a movie about eating the rich or whatever, or the concept of eat the rich. Well, and especially because when he found out that Margot was there and she wasn't supposed to be there, he was like, you're not supposed to be here. You're not one of them. Right. Like you're separate from. The, I was like, oh, you're really okay. one of us. Yeah, you're a server. Yeah. So what'd you take away from it? That's interesting because hold on, I get I get to that. That's interesting because basically, and spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I need a button. <laughs> basically, the part of the menu, this menu was a very special menu in which everybody died. So if the ending was that everybody dies then what's the purpose of the eat the rich? You know what I'm saying? If there's a juxtaposition or a glaring difference between those who are being served versus the servants, are we all in the same pot? Hmm. What was the point? Of because them all dying. Of them all dying, right? Why not just the rich folks? Yeah. Dying of their greed. Or was it also supposed to be something for the servants of... Dying because we're always looking up and not being okay with where we are. That's where, mm. that's that, that's what I took away, right? And I think we're both on the same path. I think we saw this from two different angles. Yeah, I want you to go into that a little bit deeper because I don't think I'm fully understanding. Here we go. Okay. Thank you for pulling, pushing me to elaborate more. That was eloquently said, actually. <laughs> Instead of just saying, tell me more. Um so here we go. We have, if we can explain the movie, basically, we have a chef on a private island. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to go to a ferry boat and get ferried off to this island. The meal itself costs 3K a person or something like that. Is mm-hmm. that what he said? Mm-hmm. It's around $3,000 a person. You have to be on a special list to get there. You get there. It's, a, I think, a five-course, six-course meal. Um, and every single dish is catered with the story. Mm-hmm. Right, it's an experience. It's you're not supposed to. One of the phrases he said was, "If I ask you to do one thing tonight, please do not eat." And what he's saying is, eating is just putting stuff in your mouth. I want you to taste every bite and think about 
the grain that it came from. Think about the water that we pulled the scallops out of in the scallops life, mm-hmm. right? I want you to feel the experience of the earth moving inside of you. Be one and connected with the food because food can tell a story. Right. Because he's like top of his craft and he, he is- Number one, number one, number one. Like an artist. He He's an artiste, a, a, you know, a goat of his own. And he has a fantastic staff. Now, so you can imagine everybody who's in the room is they, they're rich people. They're very rich people. We could not afford a meal like this or an experience like this. Mm-hmm. Some of your friends who you think have money could not ex- afford an experience like this, right? Like it's it's top of the top. Like one percenters. Yes, it is <laughs> top of the top. But when you see the living quarters that the servants are, are, are uh, uh, servants, these servers are um, living in, the sous chef and everybody else, they're living all in one open room with like one toilet Yeah. to, to create an experience for these rich folks, Right who are paying a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they could not be living in better conditions. It's just they aren't for whatever reason, right? Whether the chef is holding them down, whether they're caught up in the image of we have to do the work to get to where the rich people are because mm-hmm. everybody just wants to be the chef, right? They think that's, that the chef is whatever. So basically, the eat the rich is the entire time they're eating this menu, they're getting essentially like the menu itself is kind of genius, right? So they're getting humiliated in front of their face mm-hmm. by the chef. So I thought it was interesting how um, they brought out so many different, you know, types of food and then explained it. And then I was like, okay, now eat or taste, whatever. Right. Um and it was really cool to see them setting up everything and just like the science behind making the plates because when we went on our cruise, we went, so Virgin Voyages has this restaurant on their ship called the Test Kitchen, which I think is a really cool experience. It was amazing. Before we get to the Test Kitchen, let me let me circle my thought real okay, quick. Okay, sorry. Okay, but no, 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 you're good. I I blanked on that thought. What I was trying to say is basically the the message from the chef to the to everybody else was eat the rich, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't even understand. You can't even name. There's a couple there who went there 11 times, but they couldn't name one dish. Right. Because they're so rich that they are just utilizing things that they don't they don't they don't appreciate anything. Right. And I think that's where the eat the rich kind of stems from. Or right? they had the um the critic, the food critic Yes. Who had something bad to say about everything. About everything, right? So it's always about punching down on people mm-hmm. and, and having no appreciation for those who they feel are beneath them. However, on the other side, remember the first guy to die, he was telling him, like, don't you just want to be me? Like, you want my life. Mm-hmm. And so that's his only motivation. His only motivation and the server's only motivations were not to better themselves and to appreciate even what they have. It's always looking for something more. At the end of the day, the servers mm. just wanted to be the rich. Mm. Okay. That's what I mean by that there was a lesson in it for both of them, for everybody. And, and that's why the eat the rich thing is kind of weird because it's like, we recognize also, and this is going to sound so wild, I'm not rich, I don't get it. But a lot of people who have their wealth didn't just, when I say earn their wealth, I mean like, they didn't start with zero and they end up, they have their wealth right now. Mm-hmm. Right. They started with some sort of something. Most right. people who are that rich. Right. 
um, like the wealth. They got into that wealth. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Please do not take that away from me. I don't have nothing against like uh, generational wealth. The the thing is though, what aren't we all trying to build that? Mm-hmm. Right. So it's somewhat ironic that the pe- the same people who were saying they're trash, we're also trying to be like them. That like, we can't even see our own like the, our own value and our own worth. Right. You got shot himself in front of everybody. He made a mess because he can't get out of his head about wanting to be the chef. Mm-hmm. Though he isn't a, a sous chef and incredible in his own right. Everybody there died because they recognized they're in the same loop. The servers recognize they're in the same loop. In order to break that loop, there must be a cleansing, essentially. Granted, now let's get to the test kitchen. So we went on that free cruise, as most people know, and went to the test kitchen. It was, let's lay out the ambiance, shall we? Shall we? So you walk in Mm -hmm. and the entryway is like this light blue color. Everything is like a light blue. Like a pure white light blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the the staff is wearing lab coats. Yeah. And then you have this periodic table of food. Not like the periodic table of elements, but a periodic table of food, um, which was really neat. And it went from like floor to ceiling. Yeah. And then you walk in and in the middle. Well, you, first they give you like a shot. Oh, yeah. To a, like. It's like a hibiscus tea. Yeah, it was to amazing. To cleanse the palate. To cleanse the palate and like get you ready for yeah. the experience. Yeah, yeah. It was like ginger. It was, First off. Amazing. Yeah. Just, was, just don't, don't give me a shot. Give me the rest of the whole thing. Right. Give me a, give pour me a, me a cup, please. Pour me a glass of this, yeah. please. Um, and then you walk in and you have the center, which was, and maybe we'll post pictures of this if we have some. Facts. I don't remember if we took we pictures of this. We do have pictures. This. Yeah. Okay, pictures perfect. Like everything. Um, in the center was, when we walked in, a big square of like a prepping station. And there was a bar surrounding it. And so in the middle of the prepping station was a chef who had probably a hundred plates laid out and he was plating all of the desserts for the night. And so it was really cool to see his process of decorating the plate. Like each plate had certain things on it and then like a specific dollop of whipped cream. And it was all just very precise. And then when you sit down, he's doing like a hundred plates. Yeah. Yeah. Once you sit down, they have the plate is a square plate and it's sitting, I think it's square anyways. And it's sitting on top of a like rectangular metal thing. Kind of like when you go to the doctor and they have all of their tools laid out on that metal tray. Yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that were, was the silverware and the way the silverware was, was kind of even looked instrumental. Mm -hmm. So that was really neat. It was like eating in a pristine hospital. Yeah. It was crazy. Like, like a lab. Yeah. Like a lab. That's exactly what it was. It's a test kitchen, right? Test kitchen. Right. So the theme was like, you're eating in a lab, like a science lab where they're creating these different foods and experiences for you. And the cool thing was that, so we went for eight days. There was two menus. There was a yeah. menu from like Sunday to Wednesday and then a menu from like Thursday to Saturday. Mm-hmm. And we didn't really understand what it was. And so we ended up going towards the end of our visit because at first we were like, no, we don't really care to do that. We don't know because they don't tell you what's on the menu. No, you have no idea until you 
just pull up and they put it in front of you. Yeah, and they the only thing that they tell you is what the protein, main course yeah. is, the main protein. And so, unfortunately, we didn't go during the first menu. When we go cruise again, I want to go for the first menu and the second menu and do they, both like, of them. Compare them, yeah. Because we went from talking to people on the ship that were like, oh, no, you have to go and do this. Right. Um. So I think the first menu was like venison and maybe shrimp or something. No one shrimp. It was venison and I think steak, something like that. Oh. But when we went, it, it was, was shrimp and lamb. Lamb. Yeah. I should have gotten the lamb. I regret that to this day, but I got the shrimp. But- I do have the menu. Yes. So the first thing and was... how many uh, courses were there? This is, let's see, one, two... If we're counting the tea, one, two, three, four, five, six... It's like eight. Yeah, an eight-course meal. So we walked in, we got the hibiscus tea with cinnamon, ginger, honey, and rose petal. Oh, okay. Okay, mm. there it is. I'm going fire. Then after we had sat down and got all this stuff, we had our server come up and tell us like, hey, this is a experience. We're with like seven people. So you're, you're seated with a group of people. Yeah. So you all get the experience at the same exact time. Mm-hmm. So they plate you at the same time. They take up your plates at the same time. They give you your meal at the same time. And they say, Hey, what do you want for your protein? Which is like going to be your main course. We both ended up getting shrimp. Mm-hmm. I told Katie to go with the lamb. She said she was going to get the lamb. And then when it came, she said shrimp. I know. Cause I had <laughs> never had lamb before. And I just, I, Honestly, look good, though, didn't it? it did. And honestly, y'all, if you're in a situation like that, where you're like at an all inclusive resort or you've something, already paid for it, go ahead and get what you don't know you like, because even if you don't like it, you could get, you something, get something else. else. You're right. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you wasted your money on it. Yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> regret. That's fine. So the first thing they brought out was a corn parfait with a baguette. Baguette. And the corn parfait was really weird because it had popcorn. They had a, the parfait kind of looked like a, um, like a small Twinkie. Yeah. And when I think of parfait, I think of like a yogurt parfait. Right. It was not like It was that. not yogurt. It was shaped like a Twinkie, like, like you a said, Twinkie. with popcorn crumbles on top. And like cur- corn kernels in them. Yeah. So it was like different, it was like a corn puree different with- textures. Yeah, different textures, different styles of corn. Um, and of course, because you're going to have eight courses- it's not a lot. Yeah, of all food. the servings are very small. They're very small. And they also t- like tell you how to eat it if it comes a certain way. Mm-hmm. So we ate that. And of course, this is everybody's reaction. It's the best part about the test kitchen. When they put it in front of you, everybody kind of looks at each other like, yo, what is this? Uh-huh. I'm not finna eat this. And then they eat it and they're like, hey, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> like I would never eat, like put this together, but it's pretty good. Although we did have a couple sitting next to us. That I think by like by the third uh, course, they just recognize that this is not gonna do it for yeah, us. Yeah, I think the girl was just a picky eater. Yes. She was like, mm. and the guy was like, "Yeah, let's just go ahead and get up out of here." Yeah. So they left, and I think we got some pizza or something. Yeah. Um. But but anyways, you spread the parfait on the bread. The bread. And it was amazing. It so was so good. That was the first like food course food we course had. right. Um. And then we had a tomato salad slash. Uh, citrus cur- cured salmon. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the salmon because I don't like anything. I don't like fish that's not like actually cooked. Yeah, you don't so, like the citrus. Yeah, cured. if you just cure it, like ceviche, you don't like ceviche. No, if you just like, oh, it's it's uh salt cured or whatever, like lox. No, I'm not eating that. That's not yeah. my style. So you got the salmon. I did. I got the tomato salad. How was your salmon? Um, I tried it. You did. Very proud of you. <laughs> I'd never, ha- I've never had like lox or anything like that. I don't like salmon on a bagel. 
Um, and I tried it, but yeah. I did not eat the whole thing. And you were like, it's not bad, but I would never like choose to eat this. Yeah, it was, I'm a big texture person and I couldn't get past the. Kind of slimy. And, yeah, but also just like the cold mm-hmm. salmon. I couldn't get past that because I only eat salmon hot. Right. So. I had a tomato salad fire and this was cool because it was three different types of tomatoes Mm -hmm. so they had not types of tomatoes but it was like done three different ways they had like uh cherry tomatoes Mm -hmm. or grape tomatoes i would call i don't know what they call them either but they had them kind of sliced up so that was cool on the bottom of the salad so Mm -hmm. to speak and then they had um like a tomato puree that was like foamy puree puree my bad (laughs) that was like foamy so that was Uh like the top portion and then they put in this was so wild this was so wild it looked like a piece of foam. Uh-huh. Like, it just looked like they cut up a piece of foam in, like, you know, a nice artsy way. And she was like, it is foam, but it's tomato foam. I don't know how they made this. And it chews like a foam, but it's not like chewy, chewy. It dissolves. Mm-hmm. It was great. And it was just tomatoes. Like, a, like a marshmallow? Was just, it was like a marshmallow kind of, but more foamy. Okay. Like, you can see the air pockets. It uh, legitimately looked like if you were to cut open, like, a mattress topper. Uh-huh. You know, you see, like, the mattress topper. It looked like that. If you, like, just took a piece out of the mattress topper. Okay. But it was tomatoes and it was red. I don't remember. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look through yeah, pictures. Yeah, I'll show you the video in the, in the picture. It was, it was amazing. So, we had that and that went away. And then, here's where my mind was blown. Because mm-hmm. I've eaten tomatoes before. I've eaten corn before. We had a beetroot ravioli. Yes. That was Why was interesting. it good? Why was it good? Why? It was so interesting. They made a ravioli out of beets. Yes. What was inside of it? Um, I'm not, I can't remember what was inside I, of it. But it was so might have been like a spinach or something. Right, right. It was so good. I don't even like beets. Yeah, it was to cleanse the palate. Yeah, it was like you eat this, it's going it's going to cleanse the palate for the next thing. And I was like, I don't really think I like beets. No, I didn't think I liked beets either, but... Good. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was good. And I remember looking at Corey and being like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited we did this because now, who knows, I may like beets. Right. So, we're, you know, we're maturing our, our, our tongue a little bit. So then, I think we started getting a little bit out of order. They set a new couple down next to us too. So our plate started coming in a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Mm-hmm. So they were trying to get, let the other person catch up. But then we had... What I thought was fire. This is probably the best thing I ate that night. I don't even like pumpkin, y'all. I'm not a pumpkin fan. We had a barley risotto with pumpkin. Mm -hmm. That was good. And of course, they did the pumpkin kind of like they did everything else. They were going to serve you pumpkin in different ways. Mm -hmm. So they gave you pumpkin seeds. They gave you a pumpkin something else. Like It was like four different types of pumpkin on the plate with the barley risotto. And it was so fire. fire. I was like, I need you to bring this back. I, I need yeah. another one. Bring another one back because this. And you were skeptical of eating it. You were like, mm, I don't I know, like pumpkin. Because I hate pumpkin. Yeah, I, I hate pumpkin anything. But that was good. Mm-hmm. That was really, really good. You got that one too, right? Yeah, we shared that one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shared that. Oh my gosh. That was good. That was mm-hmm. good. Now I'm like, I want to go back and get that. Then I put shrimp and other shit because <laughs> I don't know what the other shit was. But our shrimp dish was so cool. We had... They had like a shrimp, uh, imagine a fruit roll-up, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. Imagine a fruit roll-up, but it was all shrimp. Yeah. It was like they broke down the shrimp in a way, but they presented it like fruit roll-ups, like a little flower. 
in the middle of the flower was actual shrimp. And then there was also like another shrimp. I forgot about that. It was it was it was very interesting. Amazing because you were eating shrimp in ways that you have never ate shrimp before. And if you can't catch the theme between the two test kitchen and I mean between the movie and this, that's how the movie was. You were eating things. This experience was that you were eating things that you have never eaten before or things that you have eaten before in a way that you have never eaten them before. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he might serve you uh like they they did a breadless um like plate or whatever in the movie. Oh yeah, with all the with all the proper accoutrements. I'm just kidding. Um yeah. accompaniments or whatever. But the same goes for this. And the thing is, if they were to plop a test kitchen down in Dallas, I think it would be successful. If I they wonder, didn't do it. I wonder it, if there is one though. If they didn't do it like every night. Like if it was like a uh a Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. Yeah. Right? Where Thursday, Friday, and Saturday were also like different dishes. I think they would be very successful because you all need to be y'all need to try this, bro. There's like nothing cooler than going somewhere and having your entire experience catered. Yeah. I think all the pictures are on your phone. I was trying to find You yeah, got to they yeah. have to be cuz I might I, only I have might one. got them all. But there's nothing cooler than having your experience catered. And just the other part of that was just trusting the process, right? Of just like I'm going to let go. I'm going to try things that you know, it's just there's it's a little nerve-wracking. I'm going to try things that I don't necessarily think that I no, like or whatever, like, but I'm yeah. going to try them because this is what I'm here for. And it's an experience. And I want to be able to say, actually, I don't like this. And also, not just to try them. It, th- this is different than your mom telling you something like, oh, you haven't tried my potatoes yet. Mm-hmm. We're talking about world-class chefs. Yeah. Who are top of their craft. Who are telling you, just let me take care of you. Let me just, let me do what I do. Mm-hmm. Y'all got to experience this. It really is crazy. So after the shrimp thing, we had an ex- uh, asparagus and spinach sorbet. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That was a pre-dessert. Asparagus and spinach sorbet. And it was good. It was good. It was very good. We also had, um, what was it, a mandarin? Yes, we had a, a, a mandarin sorbet, which was like they had a sorbet inside of a big-ass mandarin. Yeah, an orange. They like scooped the orange out. an orange and, and then put the sorbet right, in it. Made it was the, really neat. It was, it was wild. That was really good too. And then there was like a little strawberry dessert that we had. It was pretty good. The strawberry dessert that we had was the one that was the guy in front of us. He was the one that making all of the strawberry mm-hmm. desserts. And it was like some strawberries, like a little strawberry gumdrop. There was like a um, like a strawberry gel. Uh-huh. And then there was like a what looked like whipped cream, but it was chocolate. Yeah. So you got, that threw me off because I thought it was whipped cream. But it was chocolate. I forgot about that. Yeah. It was a very neat experience. And when we were watching the movie, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this just is exactly like what we did. This is exactly what we did in the test kitchen. It was so cool because it's like, you remember when he, as a part of the movie, and this is why I feel like what the chef was saying. Even though I have a list of the stuff, I will never forget what we ate. Mm-hmm. The guy went there 11 times and couldn't name one dish. There's no appreciation there for the craft, yeah. for the time that it took, uh, for the experience of it being catered for you. But it's different for, I guess you can say, common folk or whatever. Or when we recognize that this is an experience for us. Right. This isn't just like, this is a once in a lifetime thing. Mm-hmm. We may not ever do, get to do this again. Right. Um, and if you have those means to your disposal, of course, maybe you can do it every weekend if you wanted to. 
I would never spend three thousand dollars on a meal every weekend. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not but, that rich, so yeah, some people got it. Some like people that. got it like that, and that's what they want to do. I just couldn't justify spending my money like that. But anyway, that was a cool part of just juxtaposing it to like our experience. But of course, the movie took a darker turn. Of course, right? The part as part of the menu was just death and um, gore and revealing of secrets. That was yes. a cool thing. They had a they had a taco. Um, Course. Course. And on the tortillas were were like laser image. Laser photos. image photos of essentially revealing everybody's secrets. So each table had like, of course, was bearing secrets because that's what people do. Mm-hmm. And like one couple, they're cheating on each other. The other uh the the food critics, it was just re- photos of restaurants that the food critics got shut down. Mm-hmm. The another table, there were investors for the actual company that was there, but they were doing some funny money stuff. Um, so it had their bank statements. So it had their bank statements on their offshore accounts. And it was funny because that um, that scene, the guy asked the server, he goes, "Hey, you know what the hell is this?" And she goes, "It's the tortilla." She did not say it like that. I know. Um, And he's like, "No, no, no! I see that, but like, what is this?" And she goes, "It's a tortilla." (laughs) (laughs) So that was kind of funny, but. uh, I would say this, if you have time to watch the movie and you want to kind of see or pull the message out or something like that, for sure. I wouldn't, given our ratings, it's something that maybe you don't have to waste your time on. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a movie you probably watch one time and never watch again. Right. Interesting enough, it got nominated for a lot of awards and it did win one award in a Texas film show. Really? For Best Ensemble, though. Mm. I feel like it's one of those... Deep thinker shows. Oh, 100%. So, um, you want to talk about the burger? I was about to say, let's talk about the ending. Yes. So, um, old girl from, um, Queen's Gambit, Anya Taylor Joy. Yes. Big eyes. (laughs) Was beautiful. She, she's very pretty. She was essentially, she went to the chef's house, which you're not supposed to go into. And she saw that the chef, who is now, you know, like a Michelin star chef, um, he used to be, his very first job where he fell in love with cooking, he used to be flip burgers at like a Burger King, you know, essentially some sort of Dave's Burger or something yeah, like yeah. that. You know, but you can see that's where he got his passion from. And the more stuff, the more photos she saw of his matriculation through his career, you saw his expression change. Mm-hmm. So by the time he got the top chef job, it, he just wasn't even smiling anymore. Mm-hmm. But oh, when he saw, when she saw him with the cheeseburger, he was smiling with his little holding a uh, spatula out with the burger on the uh, on the thing. And so, in the moment, you're thinking to yourself, "What does this mean?" Well, if we backtrack through the movie, she's not eating a lot of food, right? And that is bothering him as so much to uh, so that she goes to the bathroom. He walks in the bathroom and asks her, why are you not eating? I need you to eat. Yeah. So that's like also a part of the theme of the the movie is that she won't eat a, a meal and he keeps pressing like, why are you not eating this meal? Like taking it personally. Yeah, he's taking it personally. Why, like, why are you not eating like, this Like I've meal? spent so much time crafting this perfect menu. Why are why you, are not, you eating? not eating it? Right. Now, just, I'm going to give y'all a little, um, in, in certain cultures, it's disrespectful not to eat. AKA black culture. Well, black culture for sure, but I know in like uh, Hispanic cultures and other cultures, don't come over somebody's house and they offer you food and you not eat. Right. You come to my house, my mama offer you food, you better eat some. Even if you just ate, eat a little bit. Yeah, that's what 
<laughs> that's something when we first started dating, you were like, listen, if my mom asks you if you want food, say yes. Don't say no. Yes. Now, but you, now that I'm part of the family, I'm like, no, I'm good. Right. And she'll right, ask right, you right. 10 more times. She's she going to ask you because she need to make sure that it's not on her. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, she got to make sure. You're not leaving this house hungry because of me. Right. Or that you don't like my cooking. Because again, cooking is a way to um, connect, you know, like yeah. to your soul. It is, it is a way to really connect with you. Mm-hmm. And sp- specifically in a black community, uh, if we're talking about how we had to, you know, uh, gather and band around uh, meals and food and fellowship, like that is a way. I mean, we talk about even the Christian faith, like everything mm-hmm. happened over over a meal and breaking bread. Right. Uh, so it's very, it's very, I don't want to say religious, but it's very, um, it's just very important. So you can tell it's important to him too. Now, there's a moment where something clicks in her head where everybody's pretty much about to die. And she stands up and she says, I don't like this food. As a matter of fact, chef, I want to send it back. So this like activates his like mode. Mm-hmm. He's like activated now. Now he's like, you're telling me you don't like my food? Well, what do you want then? I'm going to make you the best whatever you want then. Right? He just challenged her. Mm-hmm. And she, smart, being as smart as she can be, sends him back to his roots. She says, I have a hankering for a cheeseburger. This man goes out, makes the best cheeseburger. And not a cheeseburger like gourmet stuff, because that's, that's not what she wanted. She said, I want the cheeseburger with the grease dripping. Mm-hmm. I don't want this gourmet stuff. Don't make me no fancy gold wrap burger. Open face. Open face. Yeah. We like to say this is an open face cheeseburger with avocado toast um, on wheat bread. And the bread is uh, sprinkled with certain nuts that came from the Ivory Coast. No, none of that, bro. Give me a freaking double cheeseburger. Put some burger on the grill with some, what kind of cheese did she get? American? With an American cheese so it don't split when it's melting. Two pieces of that, please. Put it on a bun with a grease dripping and you better not leave out the fries. And onions. And give me some onions on that mud. Make it feel like I'm back at home. Because cooking and serving a meal isn't just about uh, making it taste good. It's about making it feel good when I eat. Mm-hmm. And you haven't served me nothing all night. So, of course, he goes and does that. He cooks the burger. And as he's cooking it, you can just tell that he is like in a zone. He's going to make the best burger. That's what he says. I'll make the best cheeseburger you've ever had in your entire life. He pulls up to her, puts it on a plate. She takes a bite. She goes, now that is a cheeseburger. Unfortunately, my eyes are bigger than my stomach, so I'm going to need that to go. And he goes and bags it up for her and lets her leave. Now, I'm, the way I'm seeing that is that he got back to his roots, but also... He wants, he finally found somebody who actually appreciates what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I can't even, if you die, you won't eat it. I need you to eat it. Mm-hmm. So if that means you got to leave to eat it, whatever. But you can't, if you're not going to eat it here, you're going to eat it sometime. Because you actually appreciate what it was. You saw the message. The message is don't get too high. You want to take it with you. Don't get too high. Know what, know what is yours. Know what you can perfect. And sometimes there is beautiful in simplicity. There's nothing more simple than a cheeseburger. That was one of the issues I had also with the cruise, was it not? It was, yeah. One of the things I said was... Everything's a concept. Everything's a concept. Sometimes I just want a burger or a slice of pizza, bro. Because there's something 
in our minds, and I don't know what it is, that when you, I just want the simple version of it. I don't Mm -hmm. want the fluff. Yeah. I know what you're trying to give me. And it sounds so great, but I don't want it dipped and and wrapped around a flower. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? With some sort of whatever. It's the reason why I don't like Velvet Taco. You're doing too much. Hey, Velvet Taco got some good tacos. No, I'm not saying they don't. They do have some good tacos, but sometimes, because I like to go try the different ones. Mm -hmm. And every one I try, I'm like, oh, man, why did this one have to have this kind of cheese on it? Why would you put this cheese on this taco? It doesn't even sound like it would go. And it doesn't. Do what you do well and stick to that. Stop trying to chase what everybody else has. Create your own lane or take the simple stuff and do it the best. If you're the server type, is what I'm saying. If you're already not rich, I can't speak to the rich, I'm not rich. But I'm saying stop looking to these rich folk. Like, stop looking up to these rich folk thinking that you need to have their life. When there's a lot of things that you do that these rich people cannot, which is also why they hire people to do it. You have value. The rich people have value too. Recognize your value and do it to the best of your abilities. That's it. Your value may be. You can do Being all of this. Server. Look, look at what you did, bro. You created this entire menu, but the best thing you made was a damn cheeseburger. You made all of this stuff. You crafted all of this stuff. But if you would have fed everybody this cheeseburger you just made, they would have been more excited and happy about the food that they had because it was real. And it was familiar. But I think the message behind that is that not everyone there would have. Oh, of course not. Of course not. Because they would have thought that what I'm getting. They're above cheeseburgers. Yes, they're above <laughs> cheeseburgers. Everything that glitters in, isn't gold kind in of that, thing. In that setting. I'm not here for a cheeseburger. Look at this setting. I'm here for um, I'm here for a plate of no bread but just sauces. So we can spoon the sauce and be like, oh, this is whatever. Because it's Which, a concept. Right, because it's a concept. Like the guy that she came with. Yeah. He was just ass kissing because he wanted so bad to be liked by the rich people. Or to be liked by the chef. The chef, yeah. That's all he wanted was to be liked by the chef. And then when they put him on the spot to even cook himself, he couldn't even do that. He, the entire time, I think his role, I mean, we can break down each character, but I think his character is um, the common uh, content creator right now. Explain. Here we go. Every content creator, not every content creator, there's an art and a skill to making content, mm-hmm. especially content that everybody likes, right? Mm-hmm. You can easily see when people just want to be liked, and so they start making the content. You say this all the time. There were influencers you followed before that were fitness influencers, and they were really great at making fitness content because that's what they like, love mm-hmm. and they're passionate about. But because the algorithm changed and they felt like they needed more, um, instead of honing in on just their one audience or figuring out how they can just connect with their one audience, they needed more they did not study the craft of learning how to make other content. So they just kind of rode the wave of it and wanted to be liked by everybody else. But if you put them in a situation where they really had to make this content, they couldn't make that content because it's not their content. Yeah. Meaning like reels. It's, that's, yes. That's my issue. Let's just clarify. My issue is that everybody makes these corny ass reels now and they don't even talk about content that they started talking about. Yes. It's like just that's, like a popular sound that they do some dumb dance to. 
Right. And that's not there. And you can kind of see it in their demeanor and everything else. Like, that's not their thing. Right. And even for him, you didn't put the time. You want to be liked so much, but you don't want to do the work. You just want to be liked by the chef, but you don't want to put forth the work. You can be liked by the chef by putting in the work that it takes to become a chef or a cook. But you don't want to do that. You just want to know the terminology to make it seem like you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, I know. That's the part that I was going to get to is that it wasn't that he was faking everything because he knew what he was talking about when it came to flavor profiles and all of that. It's just once he was put on the spot, he couldn't follow through. Yeah, because he wasn't prepared. He just, all he knew was the the keywords. A mouthpiece. He was a mouthpiece. He knew all the topic stuff. But that's how the, that's, he's a classic snake in the grass because they sound really good. Mm-hmm. They sound very good, but when it comes to putting it together, they can't put it together. Why? Because they've never had to. They never practiced it. They didn't actually spend time with the craft. They can tell you all about basketball, but they've never played. So don't try to act like you're a basketball player, fam. Stop trying to act like you're better than everybody else because you know how to taste and you know what this is. And it you can say, "Oh, well, no, this is this," but you never did it. Which is why, if I ever was on a movie set. I would never act the way he acted. I've never been yeah. on a movie set. I've never worked in an industry. Do I know a lot of things about it because I look, I read it and research it? Yes. But I've never been in their roles. So I know that when I'm there, it's all humble. I'm just sitting back. I'm watching. I'm following instructions. I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can to get some of that experience. Here's a perfect story. My, my, one of my mentors, Mouse Quake, and I'll leave it at that and we can move on. Uh, shout out to Mouse Quake. When I was young in the music game, and we, I found him at the studio. I just wanted to pull up and do anything that I could. So sometimes I would pull up to sessions. And, bro, if, I, if it meant that I needed to clean the bathroom, I'm going to clean the bathroom. But I just wanted to be around greatness. Mm-hmm. Even though I knew some of the stuff that he was doing. I mean, when we talk about, I knew the terminology. I knew about EQing. I knew about compression. I knew about arrangement. I knew about writing. I knew about producing. I did those things. Not to his level, though. Right. I wasn't finna walk in acting like I know what he's doing when he's the chef of the audio. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna walk in and be humble and be like, what I'm gonna learn from you, I'm not gonna ask you to teach me. I'm gonna pick up myself. But that means I gotta be around you, I gotta put in the work. Mm-hmm. A lot of people aren't willing to do that. Who is Mousequake? Mousequake? Yeah, tell us who Mousequake is. Mousequake is the goat, man. That's all I got to say. I got to leave it at that. If if you know who Mousequake is, you know him. He's got if some Grammys, right? Y- you will know him. I'm not sure if he has a Grammy himself, but I'm sure he's nominated and has been on a lot of other uh, projects. Um, if you were just in Texas alone, I'm sure in other places as well. It's funny. Every time I pull up to somebody talking about music, and if I... Oh, if I think I, I'm thinking Lone Star. If, uh, yeah, shout out to Lone Star too. Um, but you say Mousequake, people know who Mouse is, so... Shout out to Mouse. He's he's just one of them ones, man. One of them uh them OGs you have. To me, he is like the chef from this movie. He's great at what he does. He knows his stuff. Everybody knows him. He has connections. Why? Because he's put in the time. And if you want to be liked by Mouse Quake, he's not going to. He's gonna treat you the same way that the chef treated old buddy. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. You, I'm gonna put you on the spot then. If you can't, then shut up. He's done work for Nas, Pimp C, Lil Wayne, Scarface, and several others. Several others, because he's the he's the GOAT, man. Shout out to Mouse. Um, but he's also, and in that, and I will say that too, in that, I will I will forever be grateful for the opportunities that Mouse gave me. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that like, I even asked for them. 
But he just recognized that I was doing it for the right reasons because I wanted to learn the craft. He knew that I knew some of the terminology and everything else, but he also knew that I was hungry to learn the craft. So there were rooms that I would have never been able to get into if Mouse didn't put me in. But I was not going to be able to do... If you just walk up to Mouse you, and you say, do this, he not going to let you do it. Because yeah. he would tell you to your face, also, you suck. I've had plenty of those conversations. I send him a song and he's like, don't send me this bullshit ever again. <laughs> like, what is this, bro? <laughs> like, this is not good. Um, but he... It's all genuine love. He's mm-hmm. not ever going to lie to you. And that's how it is with a lot of stuff in this world. So just stay away from the snakes is what I'm trying to say because they may look like they have... And this is what everybody in the room was. All the rich people were all snakes. They looked like they got it all together and none of them did. Because all their secrets came to light. Yes. They just had money. That's it. The difference between you and I is that I have money. And you're thinking that my life is better than yours and it's really not. Right. And so you can't even recognize your own worth because you're looking so far ahead. So I guess shout out to the menu for life lessons. A word. But I don't think it was a great movie. <laughs> no. I think that they could have gone about portraying that same message in a better way. Facts. Just love yours, as J. Cole said. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Love yours. Love yourself. There's always going to be someone Somebody. hotter. Yep. There's always going to be someone making more money. Yep. But. There's always going to be somebody better than you. You ain't never going to appreciate it until you love yours. Yep. And realize how great you are. Just because they're better than you. That one thing doesn't diminish your greatness. There are a lot of greats. There are. Okay, it doesn't diminish your greatness. That's true. There's a new water bottle every year. Thank you. <laughs> every year, bro. And Katie, go buy it. <laughs> Katie, go buy it. Peeking uh, at the Stanley right now. Stop it. Uh, I'm triggered. I don't have any questions for you today, so that's all I got. Um if you would like to, please follow us on social media and engage with us as well. Press Next Podcast everywhere. Give us a drop a little five-star rating on uh, Spotify, Spotify, uh, if you will. <laughs> Absolutely. And be looking out for our pictures. We'll post some pictures of the things that we definitely. ate. Definitely. If we, if we got them all. Yeah. I, I got everything. Okay, so perfect. Definitely. I got videos and pictures, and so it's good to go. But other than that, man, I love y'all. Thanks for staying around. And um, yeah, Katie, wrap us up. Yeah, have a good week. And when you're watching TV and it asks you still watching, always press next. Do it every time. Bye. Bye.